Okay, welcome back to the latest United podcast for a very special episode, especially for podcast regular and co-host Larry, something very dear and close to his heart. Um, an episode dedicated to the one and only Anthony Martial. Excited, Larry, I bet. Well, when you said a podcast dedicated to something close to my heart, I thought we were about to start discussing pasta or maybe some tabbouleh. I'm very passionate about food, Tom, but Anthony Martial's up there uh, next to family, so a good way to kick this off. But yeah, I am excited. I think by doing this series that we will go through, it is something a little bit different, but it gives us a chance to reflect, um, you know, where has it gone right, where has it gone wrong, how has a player um, been performing season on season, is there an upward trajectory, is there a downward trajectory, we get to, in, uh, you know, dig into the stats a little bit, so I think this will actually be quite fun, and might actually bring up some interesting debate that we otherwise wouldn't regularly have, other than he let him go or let him stay, so yeah, I am looking forward to this one. Well, you just mentioned food there, and I just rejogged my memory, a lot of our listeners know, and we put a Facebook post up the other day, that we're going to do a not a podcast dedicated to Fred, but we've got a Brazilian mate of ours who lives in Sydney and we're going to do a podcast with him looking back at the Brazilians who have played for Man United and obviously Fred is part of that sort of thing. So we're looking forward to that podcast, but obviously COVID has um, got its grip of Sydney again and um, we've had unfortunately had to postpone that. We thought we'd best keep safe and adhere to all the social distancing measures that are currently in place in Sydney. So um, I saw you were out in Bondi and Coogee today. You definitely didn't catch anything. <coughs> Yeah, man, I'm feeling I'm feeling really good. I'm ready for this podcast. Fantastic, not injury prone at all. Actually, Anthony Marshall was, which he hasn't really been injury prone. He's always been quite fit, hasn't he? He is, but he's regularly every single season he has a five to six week yeah. period where he's out. That does seem to be something that does happen season on season. Well, what we will do for this podcast, we've done some of these with sort of club legends over the years. I remember we've done with Paul Scholes, Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, etc. Like, like we said at the start of the podcast, is um, we're just going to go through his time at United. So we're going to look at sort of how much he came for that first debut season, the ups, the downs, the controversies, the pros and cons, etc. And obviously the future, because he is someone who, while still a current United player... Who knows what the future holds, especially with the pending arrival of Jaden Sancho. Now, I apologise, we're three minutes in and I've already mentioned Jaden Sancho, but I think that is a huge part of the story going forward. But um, that is something to discuss at the end of the podcast, and um, who knows, Jaden Sancho might have signed by that time. But we will look at his arrival. Now, Larry, be honest with me. Had you heard of Anthony Martial the day before he signed? I have, um, I, and I have had done. Um, by playing FIFA career mode, I knew who Anthony Martial was. I want to say, honestly, I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek here. There was a FIFA where his like he didn't even have a picture, and in career mode, he was the one to sign. So I knew he played for AS Monaco, had no idea what he looked like, but all I knew was his potential grew to be 97 overall in FIFA career mode. So to answer your question, Tom, yes, I knew who Anthony, Anthony Martial was. Did I know what he looked like or what sort of player he was? Not a chance in hell. Well, my first memory of him, I think he got man of the match. He played in the Champions League against Arsenal. For God knows, it might have been Arsenal's last ever game in the Champions League. I'm not quite sure. But the reason I remember it is because I think Martial got man of the match. But I remember it because Dimitar Berbatov, I think, scored two goals away at the Emirates. And it knocked Arsenal out of the Champions League. And I remember it so fondly from Berbatov coming back to England. Obviously, ex-United, ex-Tottenham. 
but it was Anthony Martial who stole the show and apparently, and who knows, um, you're just reading from reports, but Ryan Giggs was present at that game, um, obviously working for Van Hal at the time and was a very keen admirer of Anthony Martial and was obviously, obviously Man United had their scouts and they probably had their eye on Martial for a while, but Ryan Giggs seemed very pivotal in the sort of bringing the attention to Louis Van Hal that this is the man we should be going for. Yeah, he was. Um, and it was interesting that a player was scouted by a, someone directly from the coaching staff, essentially, because as we've seen Ed Woodward gloat about, United's scouting network is quite vast and a high amount of, a high amount of staff considering the rest of European football and the amount of, I guess, resources they put into their scouting network. You could argue United go for a quantity over quality approach, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, you can see why Ryan Giggs did like Martial, though, didn't you? I mean, he plays... When we when he was with AS Monaco, he occupied a wide position. Um, he was a, a wonderful dribbler, very direct. Who does that remind you of? So it makes sense why, I guess, the Welshman was attracted to Martial. And you know what? We'll obviously talk about his time at United. The one thing that I can say about Martial that I don't think any other player in United squad has, the ability to make you get off the edge of your seat. I think the the way he his touch and his dribbling is phenomenal. Like it's world class level. Now that's not to say he's a world class player, but his actual dribbling ability is phenomenal. It's similar to Nani in the sense of when Nani got on the ball, he could frustrate you. But he also was the one who you got most excited about because you knew this could either be a moment of brilliance or it could end in tears. No, definitely. And um, unfortunately, which we don't go on to sort of get into it at the end, but um, it, it might end in tears for you, Larry. I'm not quite sure. But I say that I'm a big fan of Martial as well. I defend him quite a lot, but um, it will be interesting. Now, before we move on to sort of that day where he did eventually sign for United, um, we'll just look at his career so far at United. He's had two un- This is at the time of recording, obviously, in between seasons. Um, he's had made 258 appearances and he scored 78 goals. His honours in regards to trophies, I think there's a community shield or, or two in there, but he's um, won the FA Cup, the League Cup and the Europa League. So he has won three trophies at United in what is a barren spell for the club. He has been around and he has been there for a while now because that is 2015. It's 2021 now. Now, We'll get into his future. I think his future very well might be away from Manchester United. But if you just look at those years, he's been here since 2015. If the, if the tide turns and he signs a new contract, I've said this with a few players, he's creeping up on testimonial territory. Yeah, he is. Jeez, um, I'm trying to think now. What season did he sign? It was the 15-16? 15-16 season. Yeah, he's not too far away. Um, and... His current contract will expire before testimonial point, but I think we'll we'll obviously get into the end what we think will happen, but he is at make-or-break stage. Um, So if he does stay beyond this season, how it plays out for him in the following 12 months will probably, well, not probably, it's the most important 12 months of his football career because that could really determine whether he kicks on, whether that be at United or somewhere else, or in fact, if he has another poor season... He could actually find himself going down to a, a smaller club or, the, you know, the next status down that when you start talking about your likes of, say, an Everton or a Tottenham. Um, notice that I threw Tottenham in there. So it, it definitely will be crucial for him. Yeah, no, definitely can't argue with that. But we will go to that first day when 
I think a lot of us, especially myself, um, sort of sort of first thought of the name, Anthony Martial, because I think it was it a deadline day signing or very close to a deadline day signing. There was, was no real sort of. I remember there was no real summer. rumors beforehand. There was no like Jaden Sancho drawn out saga. It was who are we going to sign? Who are we going to sign? Then suddenly, twenty four hours before deadline, Anthony Martial is some suddenly our number one target. If you think back to that summer, we were linked to every striker under the sun. And I think, it, it, funnily enough, I believe it was Cavani who was the really strongly linked one at the time. And I, if, if I understand this, I think Andy Midden might have mentioned it. Um, Cavani was the one United wanted that season. Um, but the amount of money and the wages that he wanted at the time were astronomical. United weren't willing to pay it. I imagine it's what we see now. There was a list drawn up. I think Anthony Martial might have been option four or option five on that list. But so it happens. Um, there he was holding up a shirt, 36 million pounds. Not many people heard of him going up to 50 million. And we know how the song goes. Well, that's the thing you, spent, you talk about. You know, I'm not wanting to spend the money. And it very well could have been a case of that. But you, you do have to look at it. That is the first part of this signing of Anthony Martial. The sheer fact that it was a world record for a teenager at the time, not only that, is it was a $36 million up front, but it has very much risen to around the $55, $58 million mark. In, term, in terms of all those add-ons that were in, included in the transfer deal, he has reached those in terms of United are reported to have had to have paid the full figure. Yeah, well, there is a Ballon d'Or clause in there. Uh, whether he fulfills that or not is a debate for another day. <clears throat> but I, look... If you wanted to ask, um, was he worth the money at the time? I think well, anyone... That's the, that's the quote. That's, that's, that was my next question to you in terms of when we look back at Anthony Martial's career, mm. one of the lasting images everyone will have will be that newspaper. I forget which paper. Was it the Mirror or the Mail? I forget, saying, what a waste of money. And it's obviously sort of turned famous in the, in the Anthony Martial song. But that is a lasting image you have of Anthony Martial. Now, I, I think that was completely out of order. And I think Anthony Martial proved to prove that um, journalist um, incorrect. I, I think Marshall has been very good at United and I thought that was a very disrespectful headline way to start his career in England and almost his football journey. But um, that is an image in terms of the transfer fee. You have to remember the scrutiny that came with his arrival. Of course, but like you asked me at the start of the podcast, did you know who Anthony Martial was before he signed for United? I'd argue the journalist who wrote that article didn't know who Anthony Martial was either. You know, and that's the issue with journalism these days. But look, w- whether he was worth the money or not, we'll only ever know the day he leaves United, and that's when we can actually say, has he been worth it or not? If you look at his goal return, there's an argument to say no. Um, but in saying that, he's chopped and changed positions. As part of this conversation, I'm sure we'll discuss what is his best position. The fact he's been with the club for six years, and we can't, we don't know that answer speaks to the fact that, if okay, so if he's not getting a run of consistency in any sort of position, there's also an argument to say, how could he then, how do we then assess his performance to say his goal or assist or what he should be putting, putting out is this number or this number. Should it be 15 goals? Should it be 25 goals? When you're playing as a winger and you're playing as a striker, I think what you, what you rely on in terms of return will change. Um, so I can't answer that until the day he leaves. But in saying that, if you're going to look at what other players go for in the current market, I don't think it was bad business, to be honest. 
We just talk about that in terms of the journalist not knowing who he was and did we understand how good he was or how, how good he wasn't, etc. before we signed him. The guy I was going to meet today in regards to doing the Brazilian podcast, one of the points we were going to discuss was Anderson. And when Anderson arrived, he had won that Golden Boy Award in 2008. So almost tipped to be the future Ballon d'Or winner, tipped to be the, the, the next best thing. Now, when Anthony Martial arrived, he was also the Golden Boy winner. So we, we look at players like Kylian Mbappe has won that, um, Anderson, etc. We haven't really ever signed a player like that um, since Anderson. Now we'll get into Anderson's career in a in a future podcast. But it, that, that's a big sign if United. Now we, we go into the Jaden Sancho, and I'm, my apologies to, for bringing him up again. But the 2015, it's taken up until six years later to potentially do the same thing. Now I'm not saying Jaden Sancho has won the Golden Boy Award. I'm not sure of his individual honours. But that is a... I think when you look back, it just goes to show what a potentially important sign in the Anthony Martial one was from a club point of view to go and get the absolute cream of the crop of young European talent. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. He was, like you said, golden boy, very talented, um, and looked like you. I did my YouTube scouting before he signed for United or once you saw him with the jersey, but you can see there was talent there. If I was to compare it to a like-for-like player, we've we've just signed Ahmad Diallo, who has played very limited first-team football. But again, maybe it's not as much as Anthony Martial, but we've put up a phenomenal fee for him, considering his amount of first-team experience. Similar in the sense of it is a gamble, but it's a gamble for Manchester United in terms of the amount that they've put down. Probably not. You know, you can argue that if it didn't work out, there was still a sell-on value given the age, but... Have it, have it, have, you know, if it does work out, and whether we argue that has been the case or not, we'll, we'll get to it. I don't think it, United really had much to lose with this one. I thought it was a safe bet in any stretch. You know, if you're going to compare it to, say, a Dan James, if United were to sell Dan James now, do they, sell, do they get the money back that they sold him for? You could argue no. I think with Martial, they definitely will. So if you're going to look at it per, purely from a monetary perspective... Um, yes, United got the best young talent or one of the best young talents at the time. And when he leaves United, he will inevitably go for more than the $36 million that they initially signed him for. Well, let's go away from the financial side of things and let's finally get to the on-pitch matters and the football side of things. Now, I've got written down here three names and the three R's that they, they spring to mind. you got Rashford, Rooney and Ronaldo, all with extremely memorable debuts for different reasons. Rash, Rashford's obviously came out of the blue, scored two goals and a knockout European tie. Ronaldo, while not scoring against Bolton, was an unbelievable debut. He just lit the place up with unbelievable step-overs and skills. And you don't even have to mention what Rooney did, a hat-trick in the Champions League. Unbelievable debuts. Can you put Martial's debut against Liverpool in that bracket? I think you almost have to. Okay, well, it was one moment, but what a moment. Yeah, exactly. And what, what is football, Tom? Football is about moments. Um, you, know, if, you know, we can talk about... If, let's use the Euros as a current example. Cristiano Ronaldo, the other day, scores two goals. Other than those two goals... Do you recall the rest of his game? It was pretty poor, if I'm being honest. But all we can talk about is how bloody good is this footballer because it's about the goals. Anthony Martial in that moment made Martin Skirtle... And look, Martin Skirtle's not an elite defender. He made him look stupid. There are rumours he's still ice skating on Old Trafford. His stud marks are still in the turf. He, like, what a way to make your debut. To score against Liverpool at Old Trafford, like phenomenal. And the way he did it with such guile... That, and then what we now know as a, re, a 
trademark finish for the Frenchman. It, it, was a, it was a bloody cool moment. And I think that for all United fans at that time, you, you had to think, bloody hell, we, that $36 million just got made up quick smart. Well, you speak about moments and that will be... And look, hopefully, in my opinion, hopefully Marshall stays and creates many more moments. But if he is to leave at some stage, that is his moment. Everyone will be, definitely remember that. It's fantastic. But another big moment in that season, we obviously went on to win the FA Cup final with Jesse Lingard scoring a, a volley in extra time at Wembley to win the FA Cup, something that should go down in history. However, the goal from that campaign that everyone remembers and I think was even celebrated with more intensity and more passion was the semi-final winner at Wembley against Everton where Anthony Martial scored, um, I think it was the 93rd minute or something. Yeah. That goal, oh, I don't understand a semi-final winner and banging a volley into the top, in the top corner in the final. I don't understand how the semi-final winner was celebrated more, but it just was. Was it though? Like, do, do you truthfully believe that? Yeah, no. I, I think I, I remember. I still remember the passion that was almost that not anger, but that fire that was sort of going through your veins at the time when um, the ball hit the back of the net and he ran into the crowd, and it, it was unbelievable. And not to say Jesse, the, the Lingard moment is obviously one of my favourites as well, but I just go back to that moment in the FA Cup semi-final, and it was unrivaled for me. Like in terms of. Okay, a final goal or a win and a trophy is up there. But for a semi-final against Everton, with the grand prize of having to play Crystal Palace in the final, you'd think it would just be quite standard. But it was more than that. It, it was, I, I truly believe, it, created, it stirred more emotion in the semi-final than the final did. I think in the context of the season is probably why it felt that way. Um, if you think back to United's league position at the time, I, I want to say we might have been sixth, seventh, we weren't tracking well, um, and at that point, he had faced a little bit of injury. I think Rashford had only just probably played played, played less than 10 games at that point. Ugh, pardon me. And yeah, that, that goal, I mean, and then look at the game itself, 93rd minute. Like, you know, it's a dramatic ending, um, and Everton, to be honest, if you recall the game, you weren't confident. Everton had their moments, so... It was a, yeah, it was a hell of a goal. It was a hell of a goal. And you know what? If you actually think back to Martial's time at United so far, he's put out some bangers against Everton. It seems to be the side where he seems to you know, have the moment of brilliance in him. I can recall a goal, I think it was in the, the season after. I think, yeah, it was either Mourinho's first or second season where he just absolutely, he, he like takes one touch and he just puts in an absolute curler. Yeah, Everton having nightmares. But yeah, th- what a moment. Like that was... That, that was pretty cool. It was pretty surreal watching it live. Well, you're speaking about moments against Everton in that FA Cup semi-final, and the one that springs to mind with me from memory, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but David Hayes saved a penalty from Romelu Lukaku. I think it might have been even David Hayes' last penalty save. Yeah. Now, I know it's, it's not the time to bring that up a few weeks after what happened in against Villarreal, but um, yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. But obviously, that was Martial's first season. And for a teenager to come in, he finished our top goal scorer with 17 goals. Again, like he's gone on to do whatever he has done at United, but for a first season for a teenager for, to come in for that money, I think you do have to look back, and I'm sure a lot, of do, a lot of fans do respect what he did that season, but I think it's just worth reminding people that he was our top scorer coming in um, on his debut season. 17 goals. 17 goals as an 18-year-old. And I think what we should ask ourselves, Tom, at the conclusion of this podcast is, because I've seen this debate, has he actually improved as a footballer? There's an argument out there to say yes or no if you look at his all-round game. So anyway, I'll leave that for the end. Um, but 
when you look at his first season, 17, with that sort of return, you would have thought, like, the world's at his feet. Maybe that Ballon d'Or clause didn't seem so crazy. Well, Martial has always been a... And I think it's a bit of a lazy thing. It gets thrown at sort of almost every foreign player. He's a confidence player. He needs confidence. Which, in my opinion, every player is a confidence player. Everyone needs to feel loved. Everyone needs the manager's support. Now, he obviously... Fantastic first season. Top goal scorer. Wins a trophy. And obviously has huge trust of the coaching staff in Louis van Gaal and Ryan Giggs. Now, suddenly overnight when they lift the trophy, Louis van Gaal's out the door and Jose Mourinho arrives. Now, this was a big change for Martial. Obviously, Zlatan Ibrahimovic came in, who took the number... Well, first of all, took his actually shirt number, which caused a little bit of controversy, if you want to bring that up. But obviously, it was his sort of number one striker then, so Martial was shifted in and out of the team sort of thing. You had the emergence of Marcus Rashford as well. So suddenly, Martial went from almost being the main man, or in and around the main man, to really almost on the outer under Jose Mourinho. And um, in that first season, or it's the first season under Mourinho, sorry, he finished with eight goals. So obviously, statistically as well, it didn't really go to plan for Martial. But I'll just go to you in terms of your memories of Mourinho's arrival and what that did for Martial in that first season. Well, he started the season in the strongest 11, didn't he? And then he just sort of got faded out as the season went on. I think that's more a Martial thing than a... Sorry, I think this is more of a Mourinho issue rather than a Martial issue. He has he when I talk about the Portuguese here, there has to be a criticism because he does not know clearly what to do with young attacking players. This argument that he's you know brought on young players. Do you, you remember Mourinho's first season when he was so prepared for the progression of youth question, and he said he's got a list of fifty three or twenty whatever it was. He's good with big defenders. Do you remember Scott, Scott McTominay made his debut under Mourinho, and he played a lot of football after that. But he likes a big body, Jose. When it comes to Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial, you've seen the criticisms that the Portuguese has had in the press conference. So, you know, he's a young player. Inconsistencies were always to be expected. But he, you know, you can argue he didn't perform to the level required because of the manager. Well, even in the second season, that 17-18 season, he scored 11 goals. So he went from 8 goals to 11 goals. So, yes, technically a slight improvement. But when you look at his best season under Solskjaer and obviously that first season, definite down on that goal record. But um, since Mourinho's arrival, almost, and this happens wherever Mourinho goes, I'm sure it'll happen at Roma, it happened at Tottenham, it happened at Chelsea, and Martial was very case in point at United. Mm. As soon as um, Mourinho came through that door, there was rumours always of Martial potentially looking for an exit. Now, whether that was Martial, there was always reports it was potentially agent-driven. What did you think of those sort of always... He was always linked with a move. The move that was always coming up was he was linked to Sevilla on loan. And that sort of never went away throughout Mourinho's time at United. And I'm just going back, do you think this was Martial trying to get away from Mourinho? Do you think this was the agent trying to put pressure on the club and Mourinho to sort of maybe sort of cave to Martial's demands a little bit more? Just your thoughts on that whole... I wouldn't say circus, but it did sort of... It was a cloud that hung, that hung over Martial and Mourinho at the time. It did. Um, I, look, I think it was clearly driven by the agent. If you recall, not long after Mourinho joined, like you've already referred to, Zlatan takes the number nine. Um, and Martial's branding at the time was all around the AM9, AM9. And players really value that. Um, so 
I think that's where the agent got upset. And if you can think back, his agent came out um, into the press and he, he made some very outlandish, um, very confident comments, mentioning that, you know, the club have treated him poorly um, and that, you know, they would be speaking with the club um, and that they weren't pleased with the manager and and Manchester United as a whole. So I think once the agent set that tone, you can imagine the ego of Mourinho saying, you know, I want to get rid of this player. And I think that's where the sour grapes started. And then and then you heard the, you know, his attitude in training's poor and so forth. So I think that's where the initial unfolding um, between Mourinho and Martial occurred. And that, as you, what, what I do want to refer to, Tom, if you can actually think back to that second season, Martial was banging in goals, and then he brings in Alexis Sanchez. And in Sanchez's first um, Premier League start for United, he moves the Frenchman to the right wing, plays Alexis in the left. Martial naturally plays poorly, and then he just disappears for the rest of the season. I dare say if he actually played in his preferred position that second season under Mourinho, he would have finished with a much better return. So again, the, the, the manager has to take the blame there. Well, that's where I want to go. That was my next question there in regards to the arrival of Alexis Sanchez. You're completely correct in saying Martial was absolutely flying. And then literally Sanchez comes in overnight and suddenly, I think it was away at Tottenham. I think there was an FA Cup game against the Oval, but the first league start, Alexis Sanchez played on the left and it was away at Wembley and Anthony Martial played on the right. And the whole Man United fan base was going, hang on, okay, we're excited to have Alexis Sanchez, but it does not make any sense. And the excitement of the signing of Sanchez, it sort of clouded it. We wanted to sort of... Everyone deep down knew it was the wrong signing. It made no sense at all. We didn't need him. He was too much money. He was a little bit out of form at Arsenal, so was he the right sort of footballer to be bringing in anyway? But also, he was bringing him into a position where we had Marcus Rashford and we had Anthony Martial, but we kind of sort of let it go to the side because there was such fanfare behind the signing, playing the piano, the banter with Arsenal fans, etc., but you just say there that it was Mourinho's fault, and look, I don't disagree with that, but I would just be saying your overall thoughts because I would like, look, nothing more than to be a fly on the wall in terms of how that Sanchez deal went about. Mm. Was it Ed Woodward? Was it Jose Mourinho? I think both parties try to blame each other, saying it was their signing. But just overall, in hindsight, how do you view the signing of Sanchez, whether it was Woodward, whether it was Mourinho, and ultimately, what's it done for Anthony Martial's time at United? I'm going to say it was a Mourinho signing. Um... I'm going to say it was Ed Woodward's come to Mourinho with the proposal. And, no, sorry, I got that the other way around. I think Mourinho's gone to Ed Woodward with the proposal. Ed Woodward's thinking Bucks, number seven, this is going to sell. And it was just um, a really poor marriage up. Um, And then in he comes. We'll never know, like you say. But, like, in the context of the season, like, you know what, at the time... I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I was excited by the signing of Alexis Sanchez. There's always that, you know, as age-old saying, when there's, a, when there's a good player on the market, it doesn't matter what you have, you go get them. If there's an opportunity to get them, you get them in. It's Manchester United. But you look at the way Rashford and Martial were both playing that season. They seem to have a good chemistry in terms of pushing each other on. If you can think back to the initial periods of 17-18 uh, season, uh, you'd see uh, Rashford would start, Martial would come on, score a goal. Then we saw the rotation where Martial would start, Rashford comes on, score a goal. I think the Alexis Sanchez signing, it just really upset that chemistry, didn't it? And, and the team suffered as a whole. Um, the way United were playing, Romelu Lukaku suffered. 
So it was a bad signing all, all the way around so in, in all aspects of the football team. And then you're talking about wages and what it did for the other players and that happened, that caused De Gea's large salary and it was a debacle. But if you're talking purely about what it did for Martial, look, it, it was a bad call. Um, whose call was it for that signing? Look, I, I'm confident in saying it was a Mourinho signing. It, it, it reeks of Mourinho. He wanted to sign Ivan Perisic at... 29 years old the season after. He would have loved Old Man FC. Well, it probably ultimately did cost Mourinho his job. Now, there was many issues with Mourinho, which is the reason he lost the job, but it was almost the one that really kick-started it. It raised so many questions and ultimately never really recovered from. But in terms of Martial's relationship with Mourinho, okay, Mourinho's gone out the door, but suddenly there was a ray of light for Anthony Martial because Solskjaer arrived. And almost since, now I forget who played where, whether it was the left or the right, but there was a feeling when Solskjaer arrived, I remember those photos of them sitting down talking and laughing, there was a real feeling that Solskjaer was going to make Martial his centre forward, his future number nine. And we thought, okay, Martial, was he a left winger, was he a striker, we're not quite sure, but Solskjaer wants a number nine and he's going to make Martial that. And from memory there was a bit of an increase in form when he arrived, well I think the whole team had a boost in form to be fair. But there was a feel-good factor around Martial and obviously his relationship with Solskjaer. Mm. From my memory, did he sign a contract at that time, did he? He did, once Solskjaer came yeah. in. Yeah, he did. I think it was February. So so there's a feel-good factor there. But one of the sort of... Okay, we know the issues Martial has gone on to have um, this season under Solskjaer. But, well, not under Solskjaer. So we're not Solskjaer's fault, but Solskjaer's guidance. But I want to look at it from the point of view... It's an, it's an old debate which we've had plenty of times and my opinion on this debate sort of changes weekly. I say one week he's a left winger, one week he's a striker. But I'll throw to you for this time. How do you view him? What is Anthony Martial? I know we've discussed this before but our opinion always changes. Is he a left winger or is he a striker? I think he's a left winger. I just... I think he's got... He's very much like Rashford. I think he's got an ability to finish. I think he's a good finisher. Um, but I don't think, and we've seen with Cavani, I think it's not really a criticism of Martial, but I think as you've seen with Cavani and you see with the likes of Haaland um, and, and Calvert-Lewin as well, if I want to think about the Premier League, Sergio Aguero, etc., he doesn't have that natural instinct of a number nine. I don't think he knows where to put himself. I think it, the, the only game that I can think of where he really showed striker instincts was the Southampton game where he goes on to score the hat-trick. That was a game where he, I think Wan-Bissaka put in a cross, he's finishing, he's just, he's, everything just came off for him. But I think it's fair to say over his tenure at United, his best football has come off the left. And even when he plays as a striker, he plays in a left channel. Marcus Rashford cuts in a lot, but his best football comes from the left side of the football pitch. So I think he can definitely do a job as a centre forward. Um, I think his back-to-goal play is quite, quite good. But you have to say his best position is probably a, a left wide forward. You, you talk about his instinct and maybe sort of does, he lacks that bit of a striker's instinct. And especially maybe that's highlighted, especially when you're comparing to Edison Cavani. When they're suddenly rivals for that number nine spot, you think, well, yeah, Cavani looks far more like a striker, which I'd completely agree. However, with Anthony Marshall, I think he's... One of his main sort of people don't give him enough credit for is I think he's so intelligent. And again, there's a very lazy comparison. You're going to compare them with Marcus Rashford and both have pros and cons to the game. But I think something that Martial, well, I know that Martial has over Rashford is his intelligence both on and off the ball. I'm just thinking yeah. there you say he sort of lacks that striker's instinct, which I can say, okay, that's a fair comment. But I'm almost saying, well, and I don't mean, this is a little bit tongue in cheek, 
that I almost watch Marshall and say he's too smart for the players around him in terms of he's making runs that other players aren't seeing, that Marcus Rashford's not seen, that Dan James' not seen, that Andreas Pereira's not seen, that Fred's not seen, that Scott McTominay's not seen. And Marshall's almost playing a little bit of a different game. You see how he links up so nicely with it one matter. And I don't want to bring one matter into this podcast, but he brings that intelligence. And if you play smart plays in and around, um, he had that sort of link up with Paul Pogba. I remember that Everton goal, which you referred to at the start of the podcast. That was a pass from Paul Pogba with Anthony Marshall. Found a bit of space where he knew Pogba was going to play it into. And um, I just feel, again, I don't want to blame the other players for Marshall's poor form, but I just see Marshall... He would flourish in another team with better players around him. And I know that's a stupid argument. Of course, better players are going to play better with better players. But I really feel that is the case with Martial as he's almost playing a different game. I see the way Marcus Rashford plays and Dan James play. Their tunnel vision, and, and that's, a, that's a pro to their game. I'm not taken away from their game. But Martial is playing a very different game. He, he should be playing on the continent, not in England. And I'm not saying that, say, sell him and get him away from United. But I think that is where he's... Yeah, I think that's a fair comment from me saying he would, he'd be far more suited to Italy or Spain just in terms of the way he reads the game rather than the fast-paced, intensity, sort of hectic schedule of English football. No, I agree with all of your comments. And he is a very intelligent footballer. I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think he reads the game really well. I just when, when we talk about a striker's instinct, you know, I like for, in my opinion, and look, Tom, you've played the game at a good level, a better level than I have. Um, but... I think with a striker's instinct, it's not an intelligence thing. It's just a feeling of where to be, an understanding of where you anticipate, your anticipation for where a ball could land. It's just, I don't think that, I think that just comes natural to some players than it does to others. Now, I don't think Martial's come through the ranks as a center forward, and I, I probably believe that's why he doesn't have that striker's instinct. Could he learn it? Of course he could. We, we saw, if, I want to think of one of the best players the Premier League's ever seen, Terry Henry. Starts off as a wide, a wide footballer, someone who has been, Martial has been compared to. And you know what? If you look at the styles of football they play, it's a fair comparison. Terry Henry became a, a world class centre forward, and that that became through years of putting in the training and development off the pitch, and then he developed that instinct um, for you know where to be, what to do, etc. And that's why I say make the point. He's back to goal component to his game is fantastic. His link up play is also really good. Um, I just think it's the moments where where I do take your point with intelligent players and better players around him, he performs better. I also want to counter-argue to that, and it's crazy because I'm the Martial, I guess, fanatic here. But if you look at the football United played once Cavani actually became the mainstay up front, United's football evolved because of that. Um, if you can think back to Tottenham away, I think that was where Martial actually was injured. Cavani scores, I think it was two goals or something like that. And that was the game where United's football really did evolve. So there's also an argument to say, did United look a better side once Martial was out of the team? Well, I think that's very much a case of what, and I agree, but what I would refer to there is Cavani's almost, and I know he has come from the continent and South America, but he's almost an old school number nine. He's a centre forward where you have two wingers either side of him and he plays the number nine role. He's very, he's almost an English centre forward. So yes, it does suit the team better. It might not suit Anthony Martial's style of play. I think just Cavani, and look, I love Cavani. It's, I'm, I'll play him over Anthony Martial at the moment. But it's just saying, yeah, I think it does come down to sort of the player and his suitability to the team. And Martial at the moment, which I thought was going to happen under Solskjaer, unfortunately it hasn't. I don't think he quite suits us at the moment. Not only, not so much the style of play, I think Martial can fit into the style of play. 
I don't think he can fit into the style of players around him. I think he's really struggling to adapt with that. Is he though? I mean, his best football, if you, last season, he, his best goal return for Manchester United, his best yeah. football comes with Bruno in the 10. So Bruno's still the number 10. Paul Pogba occupying a deep position or sometimes a wide position. Pogba still does that. It's it's a, quite a similar team. So I, I don't know, and I don't want us to overread this season either. Because, yes, he's performed poorly, but there are so many factors as to why that could be. You know, obviously COVID's happened. He, he hasn't been able to go out and interact the way he normally would. Could that be a factor? If you've been following his Instagram, I know it's very small glimpses, but he looks well happy. He looks like he's enjoying himself. He's being able to go overseas. He looks like he's had some good downtime. I'm not prepared to say after the last season that United's style of play or Anthony Martial's style of play is the issue here. I just think it comes down to, will he stay next season? And if he does, we need to determine how do we get the best out of him, whether that's in a wide left position or in a in a central position. Well, yeah, it's a good point because there I say all these things wrong, not wrong with Anthony Martial, but sort of, sort of little cons and sort of limitations he has, both he and the team, where I say, okay, it's not quite working for him. But you do say that. Last season, he was player of the year and he got his highest goal scorer in return. What did he score? How many goals did he score in that season? Twenty-three um, without 20... penalties. Like bloody hell! Yeah, exactly. So he could have had a thirty-goal season, and he was our player of the season, and I think rightly so. But then you fast forward six months, and he's having his worst season at United, and his lowest goal return. And while I thought his performance was on an individual level quite okay, ultimately, which I said a couple of weeks to a couple of weeks ago to you, I thought he was the biggest disappointment of the season. Of course, not through all his own doing, but just the expectations and the quality that he does have. He did leave me with a feeling of disappointment. His best performance this season was against Manchester City, where we. Um... Yeah, no, wait, the Eddie had yeah. is, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, like that was his best game of the season, but that was against the best team in England. So if Anthony Martial can do that against the best team in England, then there's there's a bloody good footballer in there. Why it's gone wrong, I don't know. Um, you know, we could debate that forever. I think only Anthony Martial knows that. But. Well, like I, like I said at the start of the podcast, and we'll start to wrap it up now yeah. in terms of, again, my apologies for bringing his name into it, but it is a key part of the story, especially now. Jaden Sancho will sign for Manchester United. I can guarantee it. I've had it confirmed. I joke, but God, we all know he's going to sign. Now, that does leave a, a question in the attacking third. Is that enough bodies? or is, Sorry, is that too many bodies? Now, in my opinion, it's not. I think if he's the only arrival and we don't buy a striker, a, an old-fashioned centre-forward, I think we're fine. I think you've got two players on the left in Rashford and Martial. Both can play centrally if needed to replace Cavani and Greenwood. So you have your two players through the middle. And then on the right, you've pretty much just got Jaden Sancho and Greenwood. I guess you can throw Dan James in there, but he's probably not one for this discussion. So I think the numbers are quite good there. It's good competition. If one or two are injured, one or two slot in. So I think it's almost perfect. Now, if a striker comes in, I think that completely changes things. And I think that Martial is probably the most likely to leave. So just your thoughts on the current setup, if you include Jadon Sancho, what that means for Martial. But also, if a situation arose where the club wanted to offload a player, is Martial the most likely to leave? And would you back the club's decision to move Martial on before anyone else? I wouldn't back it. I I want him to stay. And I think he... I'm telling you, I think he'll... If he stays... I think he'll come on and have a phenomenal season. I really do. And I think there is definitely still room for him in this side. If you Let's let's add Jadon Sancho to the attacking options. That means you can go one or two ways. You either have 
depending on how Solskjaer wants to utilize Greenwood. You then have on the left, your options are Martial, Rashford, Dan James. Through the middle, you've got Martial, Cavani, Greenwood. And then wide right, you've got Sancho, Greenwood, James, Diallo. So there are so, like, those are good attacking options. Diallo didn't play a lot of football this season. I think that will increase um, into the next season. So I think there's definitely space for him. If you actually remove Martial out of the side, I think you're then looking lean through the middle and wide in terms of your wide left option. So is he the, uh, the, look, he's probably the most sellable in terms of our assets that we have at the moment. De Gea's on phenomenal wages, and given his age, th- there's not value for money in terms of a transfer there. Pogba's got a year left on his contract. Martial's the one with years on his contract, 25 years of age, and he's an attacking player. His best years are still ahead of him, in theory. He's definitely our most sellable asset. If United are looking well, to raise uh, funds, it's... Well, I think that's one thing you just alluded to there in terms of his age. We've just discussed at the start of the podcast in terms of... He's been here such a long time, since 2015, but he's still so young, especially for in f- football in years. Like, he does have development ahead of him, and that is why I'm so disappointed with him. Like, I'm probably not going to lose too much sleep if the club do move him on, but I also have to look back, well, just 12 months ago, who's our best player and our player of the season, and I don't think I'm in a position where I can turn my back on that. I think he is afforded a poor season by his standards. However, in saying that, he can't have that season twice in a row. It's up to him now to put it right. I agree with you. But let me ask you, if Anthony Martial started wide left this season, sorry, in the season upcoming, and was afforded the opportunity... Now, I'm not saying this will happen, and it won't happen. Let's say he was afforded the opportunity to be a starting left winger in this United setup with Jadon Sancho, Edison Cavani, Pogba in behind, Bruno Fernandes. Let's assume we get a centre-back. Let's say that's Varane. Defensive midfield is a debate for another day. Let's say you set up, you have that set up for Anthony Martial. Tell me he doesn't produce better than what Marcus Rashford can do. I'm telling you, mate. Like he is a better footballer than Marcus Rashford. Oh look, yeah, no argument from me. And look, I like Marcus Rashford, and look, I love seeing him come on for England the other day. And uh, look, as much as I want England to get knocked out of the Euros for the laughs, I'd love to see him score against Germany. But in terms of Martial and Rashford, yes, no doubt. And look, it flies in the face of my argument and everyone's probably screaming down their phone saying, Tom, you're an idiot because Marcus Rashford scored so many goals last season. BS from a football point of view, 100% of the time I'm picking Martial on the left over Marcus Rashford. All right. Well, if, if we can see that, and Solskjaer needs to be able to see that too. He's paid the big bucks as the manager to make these sorts of decisions. I just think if you sold Martial this season, he goes somewhere else and he bangs in goals for fun. I'm telling you, that's what will happen. Like you said, I think we need to afford him the opportunity to have one poor season. And I'm also in agreement with you. If he has another season like this one, absolutely, you move him on. But I think we need to give him the opportunity, given his age, given the disruptions around football and the world, Let's afford him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what he can do next season. Can I also ask you, Tom, we've, I guess we've flipped and flopped throughout this whole podcast. Where do you see him playing next season? Do you think he is a wide left player? Is, does that need to be his position or do you see him still being utilised through the middle? Look, I don't want to give an answer in bet- for is he a left winger or a striker because I'm going to contradict myself in two sentences later. I, I can never decide. 
Herbert, where I think he'll play, I think he'll play on the left simply from the arrival of Jaden Sancho. And I think the arrival of Jaden Sancho for two reasons. One, Jaden Sancho actually plays quite a bit off the left. So there's another um, sort of competitor, another option on the left. But ideally, you'd think Jaden Sancho will play on the right. Mm. But what I think that'll do, I think that'll move Greenwood inside to sort of compete with that number nine spot for with Edison Cavani. So I think suddenly there's two people maybe above in the pecking order in that centre forward role over Anthony Martial which I think will force him to the left-hand side. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. But on that, we'll wrap up the podcast now. And obviously, we're looking back at Anthony Martial's time and just then a little bit of a look to the future. But to wrap up the podcast and let's put a sort of a, a big look on it in terms of not just these sort of stats and trophies and goals to games, appearances, etc., but just the sign-in as a whole. You have to take into consideration the arrival in terms of the huge transfer fee the expectations, or maybe lack of expectations, who knows, what did we think of Martial when he signed, but obviously all the evidence that we have over the seasons, the ups, the downs, the moments, if you were given a rating out of 10, um, how do you rate Martial's time so far at United? Let's say he was to leave tomorrow, he was to be sold for 50 million to Real Madrid tomorrow, how do you view Martial's time at United? I give him a 6. I think he's been a... Jeez, I thought that... I don't think that's harsh, but I thought he would have gone higher for a six. I would have been maybe leaning towards... And maybe it's generous, or maybe it's yeah, a bit sort of contradictory, but I was thinking maybe a seven. Because uh, I think, while I said take away the transfer fee, I think I'm going to look at the transfer fee and say, there's such pressure and such expectations for a teenager. I think take that away and just look at the young footballer coming in. He's done so well to deal with all that. And look, there have been criticism in terms of said this wasn't enough amount of goals or he was poor in this season or that season. But overall, for a young player to come in and sort of deal with that pressure in the way he did, I think a lot of young footballers would have come in and sort of not handled it. We've seen so many players come in and have to take a loan to get away from the club. Yeah, I take that point. I'd say let's bump it up to a 6.5. His first season was phenomenal and his season before last was also, it was his best for United. Everything in between that, yes, there are other factors outside of it, whether that be Alexis Sanchez, um, Jose Mourinho, um, etc. At the end of the day, he has to take some ownership as well. You know, at the end of like, if you think of Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney was deployed centrally, deployed on the right, deployed on the left. He put, he, he, you know, no matter where he played, he gave you a level of performance. So you could also make the argument, and again, I'm just being a cynic here, but maybe it's a sense of. Once Alexis came in, put yourself in Jose's shoes. Anthony, I still started you. I played you off the right. You played poorly. I dropped you. So you can also say he kicked his, he spat his dummy out a little bit. Would I have spat my dummy out if I were him? Absolutely. But what I'm saying is we, he needs to take some accountability as well. It's not fair to just say it's just Mourinho's fault. It's just Sanchez's fault. And this season, again, he has to put his hand up there. It's his worst return for United. So two, two excellent seasons. And everything's a bit a bit underwhelming in between. So I think that's why you have to say, I think a six a six point five is probably a fair score. Yeah, look, probably fair. And hopefully, um, in my opinion, and especially in your opinion, um, the story's not over. As of title of the podcast, the story so far, fingers crossed. In our opinion, that he does stay in the club, do afford him that opportunity to put things right. But time will tell. Um, I'm sure we'll be having this debate. Um, after the arrival of Jaden Sancho, because that, that will do, definitely throw a spanner in the works. But um, first of all, Larry, on a Friday night, lovely to chat Anthony Martial with you. Yeah, I thought this was a, a belting conversation. And like, like we said, it's something a little bit different. 
I don't think this you this isn't the sort of content you're gonna see on YouTube with your, your big fan channels. But we are bringing bringing a point of difference. You know what? It is the sort of conversation you would have with your mate at the pub. So I hope it's something that our listeners have enjoyed. And let us know, who do you want to see us discuss this next about? Um, There are players at the tail end of their season. So could we do a story so far for Tom's boy, Juan Mata? Or would that be a little bit... Definitely not. He's signing a new long-term contract. (laughs) We'll have that podcast in five years' time. No doubt about it. But let us know, guys. Like, Did you enjoy this podcast? Um, Is it something you want to see us do more of? Because there are many players that we can definitely break down their tenure at United and look at what's next for them. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely look forward to doing a special episode on Fred next week. But um, until then, hopefully everyone, as Larry just said, did enjoy the podcast. And we will have that Brazilian podcast coming out, hopefully um, before the end of the Copa America. Um, we've got a Brazilian mate who obviously loves Brazil. We're definitely going to get together to watch a match pending all the restrictions in Sydney regarding um, the latest COVID situation. But hopefully everyone is safe, especially all our listeners in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Um, make sure you stick to all the guidelines and hopefully um, we can get past this little tricky spot of COVID. Um, it, it seems weird Australia was doing so well and now England's getting all their people back into the stadiums and now we're li- limiting people going into stadiums. Well, we got 65 cases. We better panic. <laughs> well, until then, again, hopefully everyone loved that podcast. I know I certainly did. Larry, I'm not quite sure. I thought he was going to give Marshall a 10 out of 10. He's settled on a 6.5. So I do hope um, Larry has a good weekend after that podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on all your podcast apps and follow us on all the social medias um, so you don't miss an episode. And until then, hopefully everyone has a good weekend and we'll chat to you next week. Bye. Bye.